Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. In this episode, we're going to cover a very brief article of writing by Alexander Hamilton. As many may may know, was the contributor to the U.S. Constitution and one of the great statesmen of the late 18th century. He served as General Washington's Secretary of the Treasury. He was considered by a lot of historians to be one of the greatest finance ministers in American history. Some people had criticisms, some uh, reified him as a true visionary and someone that we need to look into and look up to. However, there's one quote by Woodrow Wilson that goes, Alexander Hamilton was a great man, but not a great American. A great Englishman bred in America. And so, as you could sort of abstract by that is, in America, we tend to want more independence from government, but Alexander Hamilton had quite the different view. He favored a strong centralized government. He was sort of in admiration of British monarchy and the institution of the House of Lords, even though he fought for American independence on American soil and was at Yorktown and so forth, storming that. He was acquainted with John Locke, one of the great framers of the Constitution, who wrote the political theory surrounding it, including Montesquieu and Hume, Hume being a great empiricist philosopher. His most important contribution to the American political philosophical landscape was his articles in the Federalist Papers. And of course, anti-federalists were more about limited government states, and the federalists were more uh, centralized government institutions. It should be noted that anti-federalists were also in favor of slavery, so those that did not like a centralized government were also supporting slavery. In John Locke's On a Just Partition of Power, he writes that it is important in a republic not only to guard the society against the oppression of its rulers, but to guard one part of the society against the injustice of the other. So when there's always a majority rule, you have a mob of what's considered the powerful over the weaker, because in numbers you overpower in a majority rule or in a democratic sense. So to have a strong rulership of central authority, that in itself, by definition, tends to make it stronger, that it has precedence over the society and that it is ruling. It is there as a ruling order. And so for the anti-federalists, they did not like this. But to be a federalist and to say that you must guard against every part of the society against itself, government must serve justly, that its central power must be that every part of itself is protected. So it's almost like it goes against its own premise by saying, well, to have power and to have government centrally must be decentralized by the fact that you must have a guard against a society of oppressive rulers, so a guard against its own government. If a majority is united by common interests, the rights of the minority will be insecure. So with every part of a minority would want to feel secure, and once they feel secure and become the majority, they want to oppress the new minority and vice versa. So he saw this as the central character of minority-majority rulership. And to have a majority ruling, in a sense, might bring apart the insecurity of certain minorities where that minority is unjustly served because if you're under a majority, you think majoritarily. So there's plenty of wills and plenty of factions that exist outside of the methods of the ruling one or even other ruling minority groups. He represented a a government of protecting against evils, of creating a will that there is the community independent of the majority, that is the society itself. There is many more to comprehend in the society and different separate descriptions of the citizen's own will. So there would be an unjust combination of what a majority is 
And he said that in order to have true justice, it's impossible to have a combination of minority and majority groups ruling by themselves decentrally, because that just creates more and more different separate aspects of the same majority, which would prove to be impractical and improbable for the general, the actual general will to exist. So the precariousness of a security of all minority views is that there is a power independent of the society that might as well espouse the unjust views of the majority as the rightful interests of the right minority party and might even turn against both parties. So in that sense, there's a big kerfuffle of what people actually believe about what is good and rightfully uh, they should be rightfully interested in so that the minority parties that should have control over their own lives aren't protected by a majority party because that's just the way things Things are. He says that the society itself will be broken into so many parts, so many interests and classes of citizens, that the rights of individuals or of the minority will be in little danger from interested combinations of the majority. In a free government, the security of civil rights must be the same as that of religious rights. It consists in the one case in the multiplicity of interests and in the other in the most multiplicity of sects. So there's a degree of security in all cases that must be presumed under the same government or the same one foundational umbrella. So having many majorities of different minority factions separate into states becomes a combination of oppressive forms of governing. So that to split into many private oppressive combinations would not serve the general collective of facilitating individual rights altogether, the rights of every class of citizen, lest it be diminished and the stability and independence of some member of a government, the only other security must be proportionally increased. Justice is the end of government, meaning that's the purpose of, of government, is to serve justly its people, and it is the end or purpose of a civil society. The real threat is that uh, liberty would be lost in the pursuit of self-government, and the centralization of power on one majority. So there is a fine balance between a one centralized majority and serving independents and minorities, but also balancing the majority view on those minorities in their own private way. So with this, there exists always a centralization of power in some way, whether it be federally or anti-federally, and that altogether overall, what would serve centrally is the just service and protection of every minority, especially. So if you're unable to make the weaker individuals secure against the violence of the stronger, then you do not have liberty, and you do not have justice for all. And with this being said, if there is a general will outside of separate wills that apply to everyone within the society, as would be the Bill of Rights, having a, a right to all of these general ideas that would be valuable for a citizen to have in order to protect itself against oppression. There is a more generalizable rule when there is a coalition of a principle that applies to absolutely everyone in the general good. It creates less of a danger for a minority from the will of a majority party. I think it's prophetic people like this that kind of understand that there's always going to be some sort of ruling power that oppresses someone, and most of which, whether they're right or wrong, are still serving the same kind of functionality when it comes to being a kind of political philosophy or a type of organization that serves whatever and whoever it serves. Someone's not going to like it. So to have a general approach and a protection against the oppression of a majority must be foundational 
constitutional, whether you're anti-federalist, federalist, or, or otherwise, and that in a democracy, individuals must have as much liberty as, as they can, even though certain people are enacting uh, a powerful will over the society based on their own interests and their own party lines. So, but I, I think in the end, there's got to be a synthesis of what makes sense and, I, and an idea of, of what counts as, as truly a, a goodwill and what should count towards an agreeable ideal for the society at large or what is permissible for minority and what is permissible for us generally to have happen. So a will independent of the society itself, something that applies to everyone centrally. So in the, in the way of anarchism, which is sort of closely related to what America is like, is that you're against rulers, and that's the foundation, foundational idea is you're against a kind of rulership. Now what if what you're ruled by is, is common, in that you get protected, you get to be anarchistic in a sense. You're able to have your own personal liberty, but you're protected against every stronger faction. And that's kind of the foundation of the formation of America, is we're going to break away from the strong faction the British, the monarchy, and build one up, a republic democracy, in the form of people who are anti-monarchical, that want to get away from kingship and have a, a rule by citizenry in a de democratic form. But in this kind of anarchism, you just create more and more separate monarchies that end up enveloping different political combinations within its own uh, de facto rulership. And I think ultimately w within all of humankind, there is a uh, independent will that operates, but people are not bright enough or in tune enough to realize what it is yet. That's why we have to squabble about this stuff. And it's usually not even powers that we recognize that are making all this stuff up anyway. So we're just almost like going along with that. I think in the end, like love has to win because the way things are going we're just we're really not protecting anyone i mean it's kind of embarrassing over the course of however many hundreds of years things have been kept thoroughly controlled and haven't been liberated much at all and we've just been making radical mistakes as a result of that but you know we got to get fit in the right grooves eventually <laughs> and i think foundationally we just have to kind of rediscover who we are as as people spiritually and philosophically and maybe like do a lot of reintegration because I think at some point it's not going to be this kind of these kind of power structures that we have because well we're ruled by money now nothing's very just it's all paid for the whole justice justice system and legislation is mostly paid for and is you know monetized and all your candidates are shown on the TV that are going to win it's like this is this has become like a ridiculous idea at this point but uh, I don't know how much of the, these values have even permeated and have allowed for individuals to keep their own personal uh, self-appointed authorities uh, protected by a majority that's being inflicted upon them. Because certainly we don't have a majority majority of people that actually self-determine. They're just being uh, ruled literally by a minority of people with money. So it's more of a minority rule through plutocracy at this point, less than it is a democratic uh, will controlling uh, other parties. Well, this is a nice little political discussion to, or to orient ourselves towards what does it even mean to give different groups different powers, and how is it organized, and how is it even relevant now? I don't even see how it is relevant right now. I keep thinking about this kind of stuff, but I don't see how it even factors in. Like, aren't we headed more towards singularity of ideas? Shouldn't through the light of our own reason? I mean, we have the internet, for Christ's sakes. We have all of information available to us that we could see right in front of us. It could all be dumped out on the table. You know, there's not a, there's not like really a, a class mode of being in this political point of view anymore. It's just we're all becoming universally online. Like, this is supposed to be an age where we, we don't drop the ball and we get it. We could either have a really good time or we could wipe ourselves out at this point. 
I'll just hand that over to you now, ponder and, and whatever. So yeah, I'll see you next time. Thanks for coming.